and how do we kind of get the body to be supported in the best way and when i say body i mean the mind the spirit everything to be supported in the best way so we can live what we call at the school of gerontology lifespan health Welcome back to the PCOS Holistic Coach Podcast with me, Dr. Ami Patel, pharmacist, fellow sister, and coach. This podcast is an easy-to-listen-to resource for your busy, on-the-go life. You will learn how you can live a healthier and happier life with PCOS from real conversations about managing PCOS and the symptoms with amazing guest speakers. Welcome back to the PCOS Holistic Coach YouTube channel and podcast. I'm excited to have a guest on the channel today, Dr. Anna Arabian. I'm gonna do a brief introduction to her and then we'll get into the conversation. So Dr. Anna, as many of you may know her on Instagram and TikTok as NutriFemRx. Dr. Anna is a proud LA native and a faculty member at the University of Southern California, Leonard Davis School of Gerontology. Her passionate advocacy for women's health Women's hormone health and palliative care guide her clinical and teaching interests related to healthy aging, symptom management, and overall wellness. I'm excited to learn about gerontology because that's new to me. Um, Dr. Anna completed her undergraduate studies in gerontology at USC and obtained her Doctor of Pharmacy degree at USC School of Pharmacy. So excited to have another fellow pharmacist here. Um, Dr. Anna discovered her niche for hormone health while struggling with her own health issues after many trials and tribulations involving failed conventional methods for regulating hormone imbalance. Dr. Anna discovered the importance of education and a holistic approach. Her methods involve feasible changes one can make to overcome hormone imbalances. She has since become an Advent supporter for women's health and shares her experiences and practical methods to heal from within on social media. And that's exactly how we connected. So welcome, Dr. Anna. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So let's first talk a little bit about what your personal reason is for being interested in hormone health and aging, because so like with your story and background and similar to my story, I know this is because it's a personal reason is usually why we're really passionate about it. So I'd love to hear about your story. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's twofold. My, my passion is women's health and hormone health in the context of aging. And so I would say the hormone health component came first because as I was going into puberty from the get-go, I really had really imbalanced hormones. I mean, it was immediate PCOS. I never had a regular cycle. And the downstream effects of those were all kinds of symptoms like acne, hair loss, unnecessary, unwanted facial hair, and the list kind of goes on. Plus, I had a really hard time with managing my weight at a healthy level. And so I was very much unaware of what was happening. And there really wasn't much research at the time that I was, I had access to. And so I thought that was just the reality of my life. And I think navigating it on an emotional level and also on a more psychological level was really difficult because I didn't Mm -hmm. know that my own norm wasn't really the norm. And so it was through kind of trying to figure out my own situation and my own diagnoses that I came into really feeling passionate about this work. 
And when I went into college and I started studying gerontology, which is the study of lifespan health. So it's not just, you know, as you're getting older, but every day as we're living and inevitably aging, how do we do that in the best way possible? And I realized hormones are such a huge aspect of the women's body aging, right? So we're having cycles throughout the month, but then we're also going through different cycles within a lifetime. So it's almost like these things are happening simultaneously. And it it just grew and grew and grew. And I remember just soaking all of this in. And then when I went to pharmacy school, similarly, I was just so fascinated by how a lot of this works. And I think the OB-GYN lectures are oftentimes the most challenging for people because Mm -hmm. there's so many different kinds of birth control and there's like just so many, many different medications. But for me, it really made sense because I would relate it back to my body and what I was feeling at different parts of my cycle, however irregular it was. And so for me, I I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I had a whole semester of this, which probably no one said ever. And, (laughs) (laughs) And then And then simultaneously, I came to the realization that, you know, there really isn't much for women's hormone health regulation in terms of pharmaceuticals and allopathic medications and medicine. And so that's where my passion really evolved into, okay, how can we look at it from a different lens? What can we do differently? And it just, I get more and more excited about it every day. That is exciting. Um, That's really interesting how, like, you know, while you're going through school, you just felt like this specific part of pharmacy school and the subject really called to you and you know you could really relate to it based on your own story Mm -hmm. absolutely um so you said gerontology is like the study of how we age and it's not just I guess um yeah it's not like we just (laughs) turned 65 and then all of a sudden yeah gerontology applies to us or it's not like after a certain whatever age right 65 I chose because that's when traditionally people get Medicare in in the United States but we're aging all the time our bodies are you know just withstanding so much with every day of our lives and when you look back at your lifespan you see oh my gosh you know look at all that it's endured and how do we kind of get the body to be supported in the best way and when I say body I mean the mind the spirit everything to be supported in the best way so we can live what we call at the school of gerontology lifespan health so Mm -hmm. across your lifespan how do you age in a way that's almost remarkable you know and so we have different we have different professors we have different people doing different kinds of research some people are very much interested in the Alzheimer's research you know, some people are looking at how do we have longevity? So how do we live longer? Mm. Um, others are looking more specifically at how do we cultivate the kind of inner world so we can live a more fulfilled life. But essentially, we all come at it at all these different angles. And the combined efforts are just the be- the best life for as long as possible. That's really interesting. So how do you tie that into like, you know, women's health education and PCOS? So with women's health, I think hormones are evolving throughout your lifetime. When you first get your first period, your body is so confused and therefore you have these like huge, you know, sprouts of acne and, you know, your body is just trying to essentially carve out the rivers of where your hormones are going to go downstream, but they're not really set up yet. 
And so it's through this process of as you're aging, your hormones are kind of coming into place. And then, of course, it changes again in perimenopause and menopause, where we're starting to look at a different phase of life, the wisdom phase of life, if you can say, you know, where, mm-hmm. where a woman's body is maybe not going through these cycles, it doesn't have the same cardio protection from those hormones, such as estrogen and progesterone. And so, I mean, it just goes so hand in hand where we're ever, ever evolving beings. And when it comes to anywhere in your lifetime that the hormones are not in balance and we have these diagnoses such as PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis, adenomyosis, and the list goes on, it's how do we bring it back to baseline? Because we need that baseline so that you know, we can age well. And it's not just when someone's looking to get pregnant where we want to maintain those hormones. Having hormones well-maintained is basically the source of your energy levels being high, you living this very kind of colorful life. And so, yeah, they just, I mean, hormones and aging and women, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of at, at the center of living well. Yeah, it's all interconnected. You can't really have one be well if other parts of it aren't. That makes sense. Yeah, one thing that, you know, people don't realize so much is, oh, you know, I think we put a name on something like, let's let's say we'll say PCOS or we'll say menopause. And we think those things are not connected. Or then we'll say things like, oh, this person has heart disease. You know, and we think that's not connected to the rest of the body. But in fact, the body is so interconnected that we can't really talk about one thing without the other, because it's almost like I had this professor in school and he would say, you know, the heart messes up and dumps it all on the lungs. But basically what he's saying is that it's just, they all are so interconnected. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our whole body is interconnected. And that's why, like you were saying, you know, holistic health and of course, I believe in holistic health, too. So that's why it's so important, because you're not just looking at, you know, just an organ system or just one part of managing your health, like just diet, just exercise, but everything like mindset, stress, sleep, all of that goes into it. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about like your own personal PCOS journey. And I know you mentioned to me that you're also were diagnosed with endometriosis. So how did you like take the study of gerontology and apply that to managing your PCOS and endometriosis? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because we talked about how as you're aging, things are changing. And so originally I had just gotten a PCOS diagnosis and it was really hard for me to get that PCOS diagnosis anyways. Nobody really said those words to me. Nobody, I had to figure it out on my own when I was in school. Like, oh, this sounds like me you know? And so, um, I basically self-diagnosed. I remember one of my best friends, I would talk to her about, I'm like, do you think this is what's happening? You know, because I had all the textbook symptoms and, um, that's essentially how that diagnosis happened. But I, as soon as I got my periods, they were very regular. I had a lot of symptoms and it was almost to the point where I didn't know what normal was. Like I thought Mm -hmm. it for me, normal was just, oh, I would have it maybe once every three months, every four months. And then as I went into graduate school, it got even worse because I was so stressed out that it was, they were getting fewer and fewer and farther in between um, because stress Mm -hmm. is a big contributing factor to whether or not you're going to have those regular cycles. And so that's where PCOS came in. Um, 
And as we're talking about aging and how, how your body changes, as I got older, I started also, I also self-diagnosed myself with endometriosis. So I started having these pains throughout when I would get my period that were different mm-hmm. and more sharp. And I thought, this is kind of weird, you know, and I went and talked to my OB and she said, oh, they're probably just cramps. You know, it was just starting. And then I realized, no, it's getting more and more intense. And I realized that it was actually an underlying inflammation that was happening in my body. I also had IBS in college. So bottom line is whether we call it IBS, PCOS, endometriosis, who cares? I had underlying inflammation that was needed to be calmed down. You know, my body was just in this state of hyper, it was in a hyper-inflammatory state. And so it was just a lot. I started realizing, oh my gosh, you know, I need to do a little more because it's not just an insulin resistance thing for me. I have Mm -hmm. underlying inflammation. And so I looked at my diet. I looked at the things that would upset me or I wouldn't do well on. And one of the things I realized, you know, I live in LA and when we go out to dinner in LA, it's this like, oh, let's, you know, everybody just orders something in its family style. A lot of restaurants really, mm-hmm. even if you go in, they'll say, you know, we suggest you order three mm-hmm. to four things per couple or per person and just try because they're meant to be. And all of a sudden you realize you just mixed the entire world of ingredients <laughs> in one sitting. Yeah. And my body would just hate that. I mean, it was not doing well with it. And so mm-hmm. I realized the combination of things are just not doing well for me. So it was a lot of trial and error. But yeah, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just started having symptom after symptom and there was nobody who told me this is what I think you have. I was the one who's like, I have this. Can we look yeah. into it? And that's really interesting that you say that because, you know, with PCOS, as we learn more about it, it's more about getting to the root cause, right? In your case, it was more of inflammation. And a lot of times, I know you mentioned that, like, you know, conventional medicine didn't work for you. Same situation for me. Um, But I think a lot of times, like, the advice that people get is, you know, just take birth control or just lose weight. Like, what? How do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? And like, what maybe people should think more about if they get told those types of things? Sure. Well, I've had firsthand experience with both those things. So I actually was put on the birth control pill when I was in college because of my irregular periods. And then similarly, I was told to lose weight and I actually did. I've done every diet life and exercise program you can think of. I mean, my, ever since I was younger, my poor mom used to drag us from this place to that place. You know, I did every after school activity. I had a nutritionist. I've done Lindora. I've done Jenny Craig. I've done Weight Watchers and it did work. I mean, I lost a very good amount of weight and it took a lot of years, but the symptoms never really went away because I was just cutting calories. And yes, I was getting thinner, but the symptoms were still there. So it wasn't until I went in and looked at the root cause, which for me, I've come to the conclusion that it's a combination of a little bit of insulin resistance, but largely more inflammation that things calmed down. So I remember in my early to mid twenties, I was maybe even 10 to 15 pounds lighter than I am now, but I still didn't have the regular cycles. So I think that's something that's really important for people to hear is you, and I looked so healthy from the outside. I mean, it was just like, I was glowing, you know, but I I still didn't have those regular cycles. And I think a lot of times we look at people and we think, oh, her life must be so wonderful. 
but you really don't know what's happening on, on the inside. And so, and then when your insides feel really good, whether that's physically, emotionally, psychologically, all of a sudden it just shines through and, you know, the outside becomes so secondary, tertiary, or even not important. Um, and so through that, through the times that I was on birth control, yes, my symptoms kind of went away, but it was more of a mask. And, mm-hmm. and I just one day decided I'm not going to do that anymore. And it was a lot of trial and error. I've been to so many holistic doctors, acupuncturists, done my own research, read so many books until I figured out what works for me. And I think what's really important to also point out is that what works for me evolves as I evolve. So my body is aging. My body is going through this life, right? We're in this lifespan. And so as I'm evolving as, as a human, what works for me or what resonates with me is also evolving, but the principles, like the core principles remain. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that can also be applicable if like somebody has a baby, then obviously your hormones are changing again, right? So would you agree that, you know, what works for you maybe before you had a baby and after a baby probably changes too? Absolutely. And your lifestyle changes. If I tell you to wake up in the morning and get 15 minutes to meditate, that's not really going to happen if you haven't <laughs> up before you yeah. right? And so I think whether it's your daily lifestyle cho- choices that you make or what, what you put into your body, it really evolves as you evolve as a person. But some of the principles that I would imagine go with people forever is eating nutritious foods. So for me, for example, a lot of dark leafy greens, a lot of, you know, grains that are high in protein, like legumes, beans, things like that, that are really going to help with getting rid of all of the excess in your body because, you know, they're soluble fiber, um, eating lean proteins, whether you're vegetarian or non-vegetarian, getting it through um, healthy animal sources or non-animal sources, and then decreasing the sugar. Sugar is in everything. And so... Nobody ever said, eat more sugar and you're going to feel better. And I think for me, it was such a palate changer. So now, even if I just have um, unsweetened, let's say almond butter or peanut butter with some cinnamon on it, it tastes sweet to me because I'm so, you know, used to not having a lot of sugar. So those are, you know, such simple principles. Drink enough water, get some movement, go out there and get some sun. And then incorporate just those few things that I said, eat berries, eat fruits that are good, Mm -hmm. you know, good for you. And essentially you'll get to the place where, yes, you might become a mother or you might go live in a different country or, you know, things can change for you. But these are some principles that really are just at the core. And the thing with nutrition is that we have so many trends. I mean, how many have we lived through in our lifetime and we're not, we're (laughs) young, right? So everything from, oh, soy milk soy everything to oh maybe not so much soy you know maybe <laughs> cut that down yeah. and this oil is beneficial no that oil is beneficial this is like you know kale had its moment you know what i mean yeah and that's true <laughs> anything about kale but you know it's just we have these trends and what, what you'll find is the trends may come and go but the principles the core principles will stay yeah i mean i definitely agree with what you're saying like nowhere in your lifespan is like going out in the sun walking is going to be bad for you right or eating like more natural fruits and vegetables less processed foods right like those are some of the um 
habits that you can form that you can take with you throughout all the stages in your life. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. It's ancient wisdom across the globe. People have been using it all over the place. And we talk about blue zones in gerontology. So we talk about parts mm. of the world where people are living the longest. Mm. And when we look at what are those principles that they're incorporating, one of the blue zones is here in California near Loma Linda. Mm. One is in Japan. And we, we look at like, you know, mm. what are, what are, some of it is in the, near the Mediterranean. And we look at what are these people that are living in yeah. different parts of the world doing that is really benefiting them. And we realize these principles are largely the same. Their diet might look different because they come from a different place. They have access to different things, mm -hmm. but overall they are eating the same types of foods and they're not overeating processed, overly processed grains, overly, overly processed sugars. And in, in um, reference to the uh, pocket in Loma Linda here, they're also not drinking much alcohol. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we look at that and we say, okay, great. So those are the founding principles. And I talked to somebody recently um, and it was Dr. Kabeka. And she said, I want to create a community. I want to create a blue zone community and geography doesn't matter. And I think, you know, we're getting to the place where that's happening, where geography no longer matters. You can take those principles and incorporate them into your own life. And the same principles that are going to give you longevity, mm -hmm. are the same principles that are going to give you good hormone health. Yeah, I really like that. That's so interesting. I never heard of the blue zone, but that makes sense. So in addition to eating well, that is common amongst these blue zones, what else, like, other than diet, what other components of like holistic health is also common amongst these blue zones? I would say community. Mm -hmm. Community is a huge one. And I think it's something that we really overlook. And I think we put so much emphasis on diet. So if, if you go on social media today, you're sitting there scrolling by yourself and you're being told, this is what you put in your body. This is what you don't put in your body. But at the same time, it's like, what are you putting into your mind? What are you putting into your heart? And mm -hmm. as we become more and more individualized and we live in these societies where we don't necessarily quote unquote, need each other for survival, right? Um, at the same time, we really do because we're relational beings. We're created in that type of way. And there's so many different studies that can prove that, but we don't really need a study to prove it. I mean, just think of how we feel, you know, based on whether we're connected with people or not. And for me, I was very blessed. I mean, I grew up in LA, but I always say I grew up in LA in a bubble because I'm Armenian and I grew up in this Armenian family that's very extended. And we have a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins. And so, you know, it was always like my grandma's house, your grandma's house. And mm -hmm. it, it kind of just creates this community for you where you feel a sense of belonging. And I think it's something that you can't out nutrition, you know, it's, uh, they have, they want, you want them to go hand in hand. No, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's not what I thought you would say. And I think that's really, I mean, to relate it back to like PCOS and hormone health, like, you know, you've established such a big community and resource as well with um, Nutrifem RX. So that's really awesome. And then, you know, I have the community as well with PCOS Holistic Health. So I think um, it's nice to bring these principles into what affects us all every day as well. So it's, you know, now in modern day, like you don't have to be like you were saying in a ge geographic location to have that community. We can have that community on social media if we use it in a positive way. 
Exactly. It's a double-edged sword, but if you use it in a way that's connecting people, that's making people feel like, hey, I don't want, like, I call, it's called NutriFam RX, but I call everybody in the community NutriFam because I think we all come at it with such a similar experience. And mm -hmm. I don't want you to wait until your mid-20s to figure out what's going on. I want you to figure it out early. And then also, I think there's really a lot that happens to a person when your hormones are not regulated. It really affects your level of self-esteem, self-trust, mm -hmm. self-love. And I don't want people to wait that long before they discover it. So if we can mm -hmm. find each other earlier and kind of learn from each other, we're cutting out better years of our lives. We're creating more quality in the years that are to come as opposed to if we're all living in different parts of the world and we're going through the same experience individually, not feeling like there's community out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's how we connected and, you know, we're able to have this conversation now. So it's yeah. really awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's like my life is your life. Your life is my life, but you're in a completely different place than me. Geographically yeah. speaking. Exactly. Um, so one thing I guess we want to talk about also is why is age positivity important? So what exactly is age positivity? So I think one thing that's really important to note and remember is that if you're not living the alt or aging, the alternative is that you're dying. And mm -hmm. I think all of us would rather live. And I think every experience that you have as a person within your lifetime shapes who you are today. And so when I look at myself, I think, oh my gosh, you know, I think we can all feel this way. I wish I knew this then. I wish I knew that. <laughs> yeah. But you had to live to get to this place. And there's so much beauty in that. And just really, really looking at it and saying, oh my gosh, I've been through all that and I'm here today. And for me, that's what, what age positivity is. It's almost just being, feeling lucky feeling truly mm. lucky. I mean, look at the organs of your body, the fact that they've got you here, the fact that they've gotten you through so many birthdays, through so many experiences, you know, what, what's the alternative that they were going to fail on you, right? Because yeah. the reality is, yes, we are born little infants, and then we progress into adulthood. And then, you know, adulthood is a different amount of years for everybody. But you know, we're not invincible. And when I first left school, I actually looked, uh, live, um, worked a lot in palliative care or end of life mm -hmm. care. And that's really kind of shaped the way that I look at the world and life. Because when you look at it from the end, you realize the things that are really, really important. <laughs> and believe it or not, nobody cares. <laughs> you're not at the peak of your early 20s, having the most, you know, college and rich skin. I mean, really, <laughs> that stuff doesn't matter. And one of the, I, I literally had to hound this down on the internet because it's one of my favorite quotes and it's from Pablo Picasso. And he says, it takes a long time to become young because it takes us oftentimes a really long time to realize that reality mm. and kind of come to terms with it and just fall in love with life. And in order for you to really fall in love with life, you have to fall in love with the concept that, hello, you made it, you made it another yeah. day. And sure, every day is not going to be the best day. I mean, we all fall. We all have these, you know, heartbreaks or we're, we're let down by life and challenges. But at the same time, it's like, hey, you get to be here and just kind of live. And for me, that's age positivity. And I think I feel so blessed to have 
an undergrad degree that really show that to me. And I find that the more I live, the more I want to go back and say, I can't believe as a concept, I knew this, but now I'm just really learning to live it. And I, I always think of future Anna and she would come back and say to me, you didn't know, you know, because you're always growing into really just feeling that and knowing it from a deeper place. Yeah. That's such a nice perspective to kind of bring forth because I think sometimes we get stuck in our day-to-day, not to say that, of course, you know, we all have our stresses, but like you said, in the bigger picture or, you know, end of life, like when you look back and like, how much is that really going to affect you? And then just appreciating like how far you have come. And, you know, the one thing I'm working on is just being like kinder to yourself and more gentle with yourself, like not being hard on yourself because you didn't know something, but, you know, like you said, it's you're experiencing life and going through it so yeah you know now you may not have known it before but take that knowledge and experience and apply it for the future yeah absolutely one of my favorite authors is Maya Angelou and she has the line and she says if I knew better or if you knew better you would have done better so you know it now and you do it now and she's also one of the very early people that talks about women and aging in a very positive light. She has her poem, Mm. Phenomenal Women, Phenomenal Woman, but she also talks about how, you know, each age is something she really, really looked forward to. That's not to say we don't have instances where we look at a current photo of ourselves (laughs) and we look at a previous photo of ourselves and we're like, wow, you know, I wish I could go back into that vessel, but this is your vessel now. And it contains a lot more because you've lived more. So what would you rather have? And for me, I would rather go through knowing more and being more comfortable with myself, even if it's a different looking vessel. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the, we can't change aging. So I think it, it's better to embrace it. And I think that's like the approach you're saying to go with it. Like, you know, embrace it. You can't really change the past or how you were in the past, but to embrace it now going forward to make your life better. Yeah, I really like that perspective because I think in like society and culture, it's just like, oh, you're older as a bad thing, like, you know, giving it that negative connotation to it. Absolutely. And I think that's definitely shifting. And I think it's very society determined. So there are certain societies where where that's not the case at all. And the elders are really revered and they're looked to for their wisdom. And then in Mm -hmm. other societies, we're very much ageist and we're looking at what are the young people doing? But really, it's looking at the wisdom that comes with age. And it's not so much that we can't change it and we have to, we have to embrace it. It's, it's not like, oh, the milk is spilled. So let's just celebrate the fact that it's spilled. It's like, no, this is something that is a gift. It's an actual gift every single day. And looking at it from that perspective is just so it's, worlds apart (laughs) no definitely that's it's good to hear that and you know for our listeners and viewers I think you know take a moment and step back you know look at the bigger picture and see how you can change your perspective on life yeah absolutely like that no great conversation um I mean we talked a lot about you know overall looking at wellness and health and not just like specific symptoms of hormone imbalance and I think actually going back to what you were saying about you know how our body is interconnected I think just realizing also that sometimes if something is going wrong that's your body telling you that something is wrong like you have a 
pimple, right? But it's not just like you have a pimple for some surface reason. It's probably like from within something is going on that is causing you to have the pimple. And that's why, like we were saying, you know, hormone health is important looking at the overall holistic picture of your health. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I struggled with so much inflammation. So that would show up on my body in different ways. Sometimes it would be joint pain. Sometimes it would be IBS. Sometimes it would be irregular periods. And it used to also show up on my skin. I used to have a little, a lot of, I didn't ever have a lot of cystic acne. I did have some breakouts, but I would have a lot of tiny, tiny, tiny little like dots, almost like inside acne on my cheeks, which is very hormonal acne. And that, Yes, if I took a photo, you might not see it because it's invisible through the photos and nowadays the filters. But at the same time, it's there. It's telling me something about my body. Your your body is always speaking to you. And the issue with looking at one symptom and saying, okay, I want to get rid of this. For example, my joints hurt, no problem. I'm going to take the ibuprofen. It's going to go away. Yeah, it might go away. But And I'm not saying don't do it. I want you to be as symptom-free as possible, but simultaneously thinking, oh, why why is that even happening in the first place? And similarly, I think when, you know, we connected on the internet, you know, through the topic of PCOS. So specifically when we're talking about PCOS, I like to think of like those PCOS as an umbrella for so many things happening underneath. Mm -hmm. What's happening? Do you have thyroid issues? Are your adrenals just super exhausted? Are, do you have insulin resistance? Do you have inflammation? And most likely in most cases, it's a combination of a lot of things with one being the primary reason for each person. But again, everything in your body is a downstream effect. And so if something is not where it should be, you're going to feel it, you know, or you're going to see it come up through a symptom or a syndrome. And, um, So yeah, it's understanding that interconnectedness, but the good news is that diagnosing it is a lot more complicated than getting in and starting the fixing process because we could talk all we want, but what is science? Like if we really think about what is science, right? Science is a way to put words and explanations Mm -hmm. on things that are happening, right? If we're talking about physical science within the physical Mm -hmm. body. And so it can get really complex because we're looking at this molecule and we're looking at this organ and we're looking at this receptor. But let's, if we get rid of all of those words and we say, okay, how do we kind of heal the body? How do we make the body function? Well, those principles that I talked about community, Mm -hmm. movement, food, guess what? Already you're doing the biggest thing. Now, for everybody, your needs might be different. I'm not saying if somebody has some kind of terminal diagnosis or if they have some kind mm-hmm. of like congenital issue that they're born with that, you know, just by doing these things, it's going to go away. But what I am saying is that a lot of times the fixes are more simple than what we would think. And through good nutrition, through, you know, community, getting, giving your body what it needs, it's going to do mm-hmm. well. And then for some people, yes sprinkling in a little bit of this supplement and, you know, adding in a little bit of this thing, it's going to just jumpstart you into where you need to be. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, And I think um, also it changes, like you're saying, right, what you you think, what your needs were at one stage in your life can change as it goes on. And like, at one point, you may not, thyroid might not be affecting you, but later in life, it could be. So that's also something important to keep in mind and not just cross off like, yeah, I don't have this. 
even though it could come up later. For sure. And I think what's also really interesting is specifically with thyroid. By the time somebody gets a thyroid diagnosis, they've had underlying thyroid issues Mm -hmm. for a while. It just really hasn't come up in traditional labs. And Mm -hmm. so by living these principles, you're limiting that as much as possible. We're not invincible. The the things that I'm Mm -hmm. telling you are not going to cause everybody listening. If everybody listening goes home, makes these changes, they're not going to come back to me and say, I'm invincible. I will never die. (laughs) Diagnosis or whatever. But it's a really good first few steps and it's not overwhelming. And so you start there and then you start tweaking it to what your your body needs. Yeah. And I think the key is like listening to your body because everyone is individual. So just, you know, going back and listening to your body and seeing how these changes affect you in a positive way so you can do more of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? No, I think you have a wonderful way of really bringing out the conversation and you just really let it flow. If there's anything else you want to ask me, I'm here. If not, then, you know, people can find me at NutraFemRx. Um, that's N-U-T-R-A-F-E-M-M-E-R-X. And I'm on social. And I also teach at USC here in Southern California at the USC School of Gerontology. That's a huge passion of mine. And what I try to do is basically bring the classroom into social media, because I think we're really in this era of our lives where social media, academia, big media, they're all really merging. And if we look at those three things as a triangle, we want to be in the middle of that, you know, because Mm. what's happening in academia may be reflecting what's happening in big media and vice versa. And we're really seeing that definitely with things like the mind body connection and nutrition. Mm -hmm. These topics were not necessarily taught in medical schools or clinical programs. And now because of anecdotal evidence and how well people have done Mm -hmm. with these changes in quote unquote, the real world, they're going into academia and vice versa. The research in academia is translated to the public much quicker because we have platforms like yours Mm -hmm. with podcasting and interviews and this information just gets out. So very thankful to be in the space. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It was such a great conversation. Um, guys, connect with her on TikTok, it is, right? And Instagram? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, but mostly I'm on Instagram. All right, awesome. Well, thank you again, Anna, for coming on and taking the time to be here. As always, everyone, be kind to yourself, be patient, and focus on progress, not perfection. I'll see you next time. If you loved this conversation, please leave a review and share it with a friend. I would love to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at pcos.holistic.coach. Send me a DM and say hey. Be sure to tune in to the podcast next time. Thank you.